Welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. My name is Anna. I was born in one of the former Soviet republics, raised in a small yet very unique country in the Middle East, and have been living in the U.S. for almost 20 years. I've always been curious about different languages, cuisines, music, and traditions. I also always had a desire to help people become their best self. I invite you to join me on an adventure throughout the world as I discover immigrants' stories, learn about new cultures, and together we find new ways to help immigrants unlock their potential. Hi, Mame. Welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. Thank you so much for joining all the way from the Netherlands. How are you? I am blessed. And thank you, Anna, for having me. It's an honor to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? What brought you to the Netherlands? Okay. I will be glad to share that. So my name is Mami Bafo, and I'm originally from Ghana, West Africa. And I, I live now in the Netherlands, Holland. And why did I move here? So um, in 2006, I met my husband back home in Ghana. He was on holiday, so we met and then Actually, I gave him a tour of Ghana <laughs> because uh, at the time I, I was at the university and I studied tourism. So I, I knew all the good locations where he could see and where he could have fun. And that's actually where, when I started my travel company as well. So I, I gave him a tour and then through that we, we got to know each other and then we hit it on from there. So after that, we became friends and then we became best friends. And then I also came to the Netherlands to visit him. And then we knew that we were stuck together forever. So finally, after the university, I moved um, to move. I moved to live here permanently in 2009. And since then, I've been here living as an immigrant and that is how I met you also in this community to share my story. Absolutely. Yeah, we did meet online. And so how was your immigration journey, even though it was um, a little more organized in the sense that you were coming for your husband and you knew him? You, It's not like you didn't know anybody at all. But still, mm. there are some immigration struggles, right? Absolutely. So I would say that uh, the challenges be, began back home in Ghana. So at the time, before you could move here to the Netherlands, you had to take a Dutch exams in Ghana. And yes, the official language in the Netherlands is Dutch. So my husband at the time sent me all the books that I needed to study. And then um, I had to, you know, from the scratch, learn the language and it was really tough because the Dutch language, it's not similar to no language. And it's really, I, I, I cannot compare it to any other language that will make it a bit more easier. So I started and I learned all the books. For me at the time, it was, it was like chew and pour. So I watched some videos. It came with a CD and a video and it was actually the basics. So how to greet people, um, the weather, and then when you get to the airport, maybe you have a challenge. How are you going to communicate? So that was basically it, but it was tough. And then I managed to learn. And in between, I um, I did some practice with my husband. 
And then thankfully I was able to pass the exams. And so I was given uh, the go ahead to come. And then when I, I came, I had, I had visited many times, but at the time I came in the middle of winter. So uh, the, 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 the shock of um, the, the culture shock, the first thing was the weather. Yeah, it was raining and it was very, very cold. And I had traveled a lot, but this cold was different. But OK, so my husband got me. We, we came home and the first week he was home off for work just for me so that we, we could just navigate the first few, the first week. And then after that, he went back to work and then the loneliness, the cold. And at the time, there was there was there was nothing like social media where you, you could communicate with your friends worldwide. I had totally no connection. I had no network. So it was lonely. Like, yeah. And you would look like out the window. There was nobody. And it was gray in the Netherlands. When it's, it's cold, it's gray. There's there's very little sun. So like the weather even makes you a bit sick yeah. and well. And so that's where the loneliness started. And then when I came, I had to go back to school to learn the Dutch language. So you have to learn it and then pass an exams. So I said, okay, why not? I'm home alone. There's nothing to do. So let me go get the, um, the let me go to the Dutch school. And then I started school and the, 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 one of the main challenges when I was in school was grammatically, I could, I could write, I could, I mean, if I had exercises, I had homework, I could do it. But my challenge was speaking. Mm. I couldn't get it out of my mouth because Dutch. So for example, if you are saying good morning in Dutch, it goes like this. Goedemorgen. And trying to get that that sound out of my throat it wasn't coming yeah that's tough and it was tough so and the only way that so i was only with my husband and my husband told me the only way that i could learn was to try to get it out to just communicate just say it what it doesn't matter what comes out you 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 know you don't have to be afraid to make a mistake i think that was my main challenge i didn't want to make a mistake i didn't want i thought people would laugh at me so then i wouldn't speak at all so I, I was good in the grammar, but I wasn't, I wasn't able to speak. So the first option for me was to, um, the first advice from my husband was that speak no matter what. So he said, okay, so nowadays at home, we are not going to speak any other language apart from Dutch. So I said, what do you mean? <laughs> Yeah, he said, that is the only way to get you to speak. Because if you are not able to speak Dutch, it was going to be a challenge to navigate your, your life. It's, it's, I mean, you would not have it easy. So the, the, the most important thing is to learn the language. You're not learning for anybody but for yourself. Right. So this is how we are going to do it. I'm going to help you. But the best way is that we are not going to speak English. You are not going to speak any other language apart from Dutch. Okay said okay so every every time it was like we are bo- bo- I, 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 okay I, I, I tend to be a mute I didn't talk anymore <laughs> because I said no I can't do this okay so 
and then he would leave me at home. I would go to school, come back. There was no progress. So he came with another option. He took, my husband told me, my husband, bless him. He has stuck with me and helped me all these years. So he told me that, okay, so you have to start making friends. Oh, wow. So that you can socialize at least. Yeah. Because I have to work and then get everything going in the family. Right. It's just as two of us, I'm gone, you have nobody. So when you go to school, make friends. Yeah. And okay, I'll try. But all my friends are also immigrants at school. Right. And they are also trying to get the Dutch language. So what's the point? Okay. So he asked me, okay, your friends are not working. Look, this our neighbor here, right here. He is, she is a housewife. She never goes anywhere. So talk to her. Just say hello and then, you know, try to, to communicate with her. I said, in what language? She's a Dutch woman. Yes, fine, she's home. But what will be our form of communication? Because she only speaks Dutch and I speak English. She said, try. So for so many months, my husband said, talk to this lady. I didn't do it. And then in between, I got pregnant. And the whole thing went down the drain. I stopped going to school. And then I was pregnant at home. And then my dad was basically dead. And my husband kept, I knew that for my, my child's sake, I needed to learn the language so that I, at least I could speak, speak with a little one and then, you know, try to improve upon my language and then also help my child. Yeah. So, okay, I need. I knew that at this point I needed to do something. I still wasn't able, I, I didn't have the courage to talk to the woman because I, I didn't want to make a mistake speaking Dutch. And then I, I delivered. At that time I had stopped going to the Dutch school. I had my child. And then being a, a mom for the first time was also another big hurdle. I've never, I'd never done it before. There was no grandma, there was no grandpa. I had to do everything by myself. My husband was gone working. Yeah, no support my, system. Husband, mm, she, he was gone. And with him, sometimes he had to travel for work. So he's a software engineer and he traveled the world, world for work. So he would be gone for a few days, maybe four days before he comes back. And it was, oh, oh, oh. I, I just cannot describe the loneliness and raising a, the little one by myself, the sleepless night. So one day I said, okay, now the, I've come to the dead end. I have, I have to talk to this lady because she is always home and her children are grown. So she, and maybe she might have a lot of time on her hands. Maybe she can help me in a way. So I went knocking on her door and then I said, hello, I'm the neighbor. I live here. Oh, come inside. I've been seeing you around going to the supermarket. Thank you for coming. Come, come drink some tea. So uh, this lady took me in. Like she, he, she is an older woman who can be my mom. So she took me in the first day. We drank tea. We talked in English. She could speak a little bit of English. So we, I told her that, yes, I'm here. It's not nice. I'm not happy. I'm home by myself. I've stopped going to school. She said, oh, so what, what, what do you need help with? I said, I want to learn the Dutch language, but I'm afraid. She said, okay, we can do it together a little bit at a, at a time. We can go to the library together and I'm going to help you. 
So this woman took me and finally she became my Dutch mother. She's still my Dutch mother. She's still living here. And she taught me Dutch basically. So she was able to give me the courage that I need to speak no matter what. That's beautiful. Nice. Mm. So I started speaking with her. We went to the library together. We went walking together. And one day she suggested to me that, okay, so now you are getting better by the day with the Dutch language. So what do you want to do with life? Right. And I said, okay, so that, uh, back home I have my bachelor's. And right now here, my bachelor's is nothing. She said, it's something. Who told you it's nothing? And then she said, I said, okay, maybe I can, I can find a job at, at the, at the, at, at uh, the clothing store, helping people to, to sell clothes. And then she said, no, that is minimum wage. You are not going to do that. So you know what? Maybe you have to go back to school so that your bachelor's degree doesn't go to waste. I said, go to school where? Okay, so then she said, I'm going to take your child, go out there and look for a school. So I started going on different types of orientations. And I don't know if I have to pause here, you want me to go on? <laughs> go ahead, no. Okay, so, um, you know, all that I've said, I just want to break uh, break here and then share some lessons that I learned along the way. Yes. So looking back um, from the beginning, I realized that as an immigrant, you don't need to be by yourself. You have to form your social circle. Yeah. You have to form some form of network. You have to talk to people. Otherwise, sometimes when the challenges come, you are going to be stuck. So first of all, going to talk to my neighbor, which I was hesitant to do, it took me a year and a half before I was able to talk to her. Mm -hmm. Who knows if I had started earlier. And then talking to her, she was able to help me navigate my integration process. That is learning the language, adjusting to the culture, knowing what to do, where to go, what to ask. So she helped me a lot. So as an immigrant, you have to find your tribe. You have to find your community. Yeah. And nowadays, thankfully for the internet, we are able to connect in so many ways. Like Anna has her community. You can join her community. I have mine, your local community. There is somebody out there that you can connect with in person. It's yes. very, very important. That is important. Mm. So let me go on with my my story. So I went out there looking for a school. I, I, I went to different open days. And then during, um, so I started with open days for adult education. And then when I went to the open, I realized that all the, all the people who came to the open day, they were like teenagers. So I would, I would talk to some of the teachers, the tutors, and then they would tell me, okay, so they think that adult education is not for me because I am highly educated. And what the challenge that they have with adult education is that when you are an adult and you join the kids in class, it doesn't work. Either the kids are too noisy for you or the kids are bullying you or vice versa. So it's, they think it's not a good choice. So I should try the universities. Right. And all this time, I always, 
I'm thinking about at the university, the Dutch level will be so high. I will not be able to, to go to school at the university because I can't speak, speak high level Dutch. So all this while, I am always thinking about Dutch, which is going to be my um, challenge. Even though I speak a little bit, I'm able to communicate a little bit. So, okay, I came home, I talked with my husband, I talked with my Dutch mom. She said, give it a, tr a try, you never know. And then, so one day I went to um, one of the universities and I did the open day and I realized that there are so many opportunities. And um, so I said, okay, I'm going to apply for um, a, a, a course that is related to what I studied in Ghana. And then, so I, I applied and then they said, oh, you qualify, we are going to take you. And it was an English course. I said, hippie, I dodged Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been able to dodge. I'm not, a, I'm not going to uh, study in, in Dutch at, at the master's level because it was going to be a master's degree. Yeah. So they said, okay, you qualify, but we have a challenge. First of all, you have to take and English proficiency exams, that is the TOEFL, TOEFL exams, to let us know if you can speak English on a higher level. I said, I've gone to school in English all my life, so English is no problem. They said, you have to prove. So I took the TOEFL exams. The first time I failed, I said, oh my goodness, is this thing going to work? Everybody said, my Dutch mom, my husband said, do it again, do it again. Okay, so I tried again and I passed. Nice. And the first hurdle was over. Yeah. And now <laughs> they told me that, okay, so because of your background and you took your bachelor's in Africa, before you can take your master's here in the Netherlands, it's not going to be a year master's. You're going to do it in two years. I said, oh my goodness, I have a baby. I don't have time. They said, yes, that's the only option. Okay, I said, I'm going to take it. But the first year is going to be in Dutch. And then the second year in English. I said, oh my goodness, I was trying to dodge, dodge Dutch all this while. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have to do the first year in Dutch. So I had no option. I had. I just had to do it. Yeah. Uh, the first year in Dutch, I, I cannot just describe it. But all that I have learned all these years is where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, it's that's always true. Possible. If you really want it, there there must be a way somewhere. So all the time, I always left my child with my 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 Dutch mother. I was always long in school. After lectures, I'll go to the library with my my dictionary and my just my dictionary just to translate. Yeah, and all my classmates. We'll be gone. I'll be sitting there till midnight. Just and then it and it came out well. I was I was scoring the best scores. I was scoring all A's, and it was it was a challenge. Some 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 of the exams, some of the um, courses I had to take uh, retake them because I I wasn't able to pass. It was really high level studies, but finally the first year was was over. The Dutch phase was over, I passed, and then I was able to enter the second year, which was English. And it was it was tough studying on a master's level with kids, 
I also had my second, I had my second son. So my first child was a boy. I had my second son in between and being a mom of two and going to school, you know, navigating life as an immigrant, uh, as an immigrant is, is tough because I had no mom, mother figure. I mean, my, my real parents were not here. Yeah. Who would have gone out of their way to support me in so many ways. So it was really a challenge. And the the final challenge that really got me to stop was write, writing a thesis in English. My final thesis. Yeah. I had to write a book. And my background and on a bachelor's level, the thesis that I wrote, we wrote it in a group. So in a group, uh, everybody takes part of it. And right. Then, yeah, that's easier. Before we knew it was done. But this time I had to write the introduction to the conclusion about 150 pages all by myself. And I had to do an internship in an organization so that I learned how the organization works and then try to find loopholes in the organization and write a thesis about that. Wow. And even finding an organization to work as a volunteer or as an intern was tough. Yeah. You have to write applications, you have to go through interviews. And even how do you enter an organization and be nosy enough to find a challenge to write about it? Right. But that was the only way. So my my master's was supposed to take uh, two years. I ended up, it took about five years before I was able to finish. I gave up so many times, but I had to go back to it. I, I put it away, I'll go back to it. I put it away, I'll go back to it. Finally, in 2020, I was able to complete. Somewhere in between, I had to switch supervisors because my first supervisor we were not able to connect everything that I wrote was not enough. So I said, okay. And they said, no, you can't change supervisors. I said, yes, I will change supervisors. <laughs> so I had to write an, a letter to the examination committee to um, ask them for, um, um, they, they have to make an exception for me. Right, because, yeah. And then I had to face the committee. I had to prove why I needed a new supervisor. It was meetings back and forth, and then finally they said, okay, we are going to give you a new supervisor. You can choose the one you want. Yeah. And I chose I chose a new one. He was actually, that, that supervisor, that professor, was also an immigrant from Israel. So we could connect. And then she, he said, mommy, I really admire your perseverance. And then we were able to get connect together. He told me what to do. He understood my story and where I'm coming from and the hell that I needed to be able to get through. Yeah. So you're bringing up a really important point is that sometimes the community and people who understand you, they have to be also immigrants themselves, right? Because they've been through the same. But my question to you is, do you think there is a way that we can help locals be a little more understanding and helpful for immigrants? Absolutely. Like what we are doing right now, sharing immigrant stories will help them to know the challenges. Locals will know the challenges that we are facing and what needs to be done so that we can get the support that we need. Yeah. So that is the first step. So what do you think local people can do to be more helpful for immigrants, even though they didn't go through the same struggles? 
think that um, uh, as as they hear our stories and see our challenges, they have to um, talk with us personally and know where they can help us. So, for example, I I volunteer at at my local library and I I teach new immigrants Dutch and. So getting in contact with new immigrants, I am able to know what their challenges are and the help that they need. So many times I talk with um, the people at the library that, so the, the immigrants, this is what they really need. So this is the support of what can be done to help them. And many times they send immigrants to different offices and different locations where the, they can receive the help that they need. That's great. So it begins with you and I. What yep. we are doing and the steps that we need and where we can give immigrants the connections and the support that they, we have to send them. We have to tell them what to do. And then through that, we can all evolve and grow and then pursue our dreams and then succeed. Yeah, I think it's really also beautiful that after your struggles, you're able right now to help others and teach them the lessons that you learn. So you also have your own podcast. What uh, inspired you to start it? And can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Absolutely. So my podcast is called Immigrants Making an Impact. And I started this podcast because I realized that when you look at the world economy, immigrants are playing a significant role. So either immigrants are cleaners, immigrants are lawyers, immigrants are teachers, immig immigrants are doing a lot that is making the world a better place. But I realized that immigrants have a lot of challenges. So in the beginning, during their journey, they come with all um, they they come with the inspiration to do different things. But many times they get stuck because they are alone. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know where to start from because all the imagination and motivation they come with they die down because they come and they face a lot of challenges. So I knew that connecting immigrants together through my community and through sharing of stories, people will know that it's possible. People will learn. People will be educated. People will be motivated. People will be connected, connected with the right people so that they will not give up on their dreams. They will persevere and then succeed and then finally make an impact in their communities. Yeah. So that's what motivated me to start. That's awesome. So what is the ultimate goal with the podcast? Are you going to grow it? Continue doing Absolutely. it? So um, the ultimate goal is to talk to all immigrants around the world from all walks of life. So from the newcomer who came today or to the business, the multimillion dollar business owner who is somewhere in, I don't know where. I want to talk to everybody. I want to hear each everyone's story. I want everybody to share their story so that we can all learn and grow and connected to each get connected to each other so that we can all climb the ladder and be our best self and also ultimately make an impact. Because I always stress on the impact because we all have a role to play in this global economy. Yeah. If we do not play that role, there's an empty space somewhere. So... Absolutely. We have to keep going and not give up. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for joining the podcast. And thank you for what you're doing with your podcast. Thank you for having me, Anna.
Thank you for tuning in to the episode. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Are you an immigrant or a child of immigrants? Do you know someone who is an immigrant who would love to share their immigration journey or entrepreneurship journey? I would love to host you and get to know your story. This is a safe space for us to create a community. Please contact me at info at Until next time.